You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. He got a readjustment in his focus in life. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Eternal perspective, readjustment and focus. If your focus is on the here and now, on your immediate needs and desires, following Jesus doesn't make much sense. Following Jesus leads you into a life of humility, where you serve others, even when it compromises your own comfort or ambition. It's not easy, and it's not comfortable. In today's message, Pastor Danny will explain that the life of a Jesus follower is only rewarding if your heart can move past the temporary and focus on the eternal. That's what Jesus calls you into. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Acts chapter 6 with today's edition of The Living Word. He's saying, I'm praying for you always. He even highlights some specific prayers, Ephesians 1. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that you may know the hope to which he's called you the glorious inheritance in the saints. He was always praying. You know what? Not only was he praying for the churches, in his epistles, you'll also notice that he's asking for prayer. Sometimes specifically, pray that God would open a door for our message. Pray that I would declare it fearlessly as I should. Pray that I would declare it clearly. You see, the purpose for the pastoral leadership making prayer a priority and, 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 and modeling it before the body and leading the body into that is because God wants his people to learn to pray. And we need your prayer. I need your prayer. I thank God for the, for the sister in the wheelchair this morning that uh, regularly, she told me again this morning, she said, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I said, thank you. Keep praying. Don't stop. Prayer should be done at a specified time and a place you can get privately alone with the Lord. But that's not the limitation of prayer. While we all should develop times away, just like Jesus did, he often withdrew the lonely places where he prayed. But prayer should also be done together. That's why we have many groups among our leadership throughout the week that meet together and pray. We have elders Sunday morning praying along with other men in the church during the services. But prayer also, get this one now, 
prayer also needs to become just a 24-7 kind of attitude. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. One translation puts it like this. Pray without ceasing. Which tells us you don't always close your eyes when you pray. Because if you're driving the car, you want to keep your eyes open. And if you drive in this area of the country, you're going to need to pray. And you're going to need to pray not only for yourself, but for the others that are driving too. Some of these people miss their calling. They should be in the Grand Prix, St. Petersburg Grand Prix. Prayer is such a privilege, and it is so important. Let me give you some reasons why. You get the peace of God through prayer. I'm very careful with my words here. Very careful with my words. I want you to see this. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4 verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. The Greek word for rule uh, actually means an umpire, an umpire. The idea is through prayer, I get the peace of God and God directs me. If I'm getting out of bounds, I get the whistle blown on me to get me back in line. Because when I get out of line, I lose the peace of God. Now, every one of us, when we receive Christ as Lord and Savior, we then had peace with God. And if you know Christ as Lord and Savior, you have peace with God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But the peace of God is something that we have to maintain. And you maintain it through prayer. The peace of God. And not only do you get the whistle blown on you when you go out of bounds, but through this and the peace of God, he guides you. That's the other thing the word means, to decide, to determine, to direct. My decision to come to Florida, now 32 years ago, hard to believe, 32 years ago, my decision to come to Florida, I made through prayer. And I got the peace of God. I had three open doors, three good open doors of opportunity for ministry. One was in New Jersey. Guy from New Jersey came up to me last night and says, you made the right choice not to go to Jersey. (laughs) My second was Dallas, Texas. I traveled to both of those places. I knew the people that were inviting me there to do ministry. We had done ministry before together when I was in college. I was looking forward to either one of those opportunities. And I flew to Dallas and met with them. I flew to uh, Philadelphia and drove over to Jersey and met with those guys. And without giving you the detail, through a period of several weeks after meeting and having those opportunities, I also got invited to come down here to a little church that had just started a few months before called Calvary Chapel. To come here was the least logical because I'd have to get a job. I'd have to be a tent maker. But as I prayed about those three opportunities, all of them seemingly good opportunities, this being the most less logical, but the other two, as I prayed, I just had no peace. I had no peace. Thank God I made the right decision. I made the right decision. But it's through prayer. Not only the peace 
of God. By the way, the Apostle Paul illustrates this. Let me just say this real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Look how this worked out practically in the life of the Apostle Paul. He said in Acts 24, I strive always to keep my conscience clear with God and man. That equates to, I strive always to have the peace of God in my life. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, listen to what he said, verse 12. When I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me. Open door, must be the right move. Wait a minute. I had three open doors. I still had no peace of mind. That's what he writes. Because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them. And I went on to Macedonia. Even though the Lord had opened the door, Paul had no peace. And so he said, I'm not staying here right now. I got no peace about it. Strive always to have the peace of God. And then from the same passage in Philippians, personal challenges in life. You, listen, All of us are going to go through them, and some are going to be very heavy, very tough. All of us. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter how much money you have. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Social back. Doesn't matter. You're going to face a lot of challenges. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, petition, let your requests be made known. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Sometimes you'll have the peace. You'll go, I don't understand why I have such peace. In this situation, you guide that peace through prayer. And it's a great privilege. Great privilege. Through prayer, I get my focus adjusted. Sometimes I get out of focus. One of the great worship leaders of the Old Testament, his name's Asaph. Psalm 73 is his psalm. And here's what he writes. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. You jump down, verse 12. This is what the wicked are like, always free of care. They go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain have I kept my heart pure, washed my hands in innocence. All day long I've been afflicted. Every morning brings new punishment. Verse 16, when I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God. He went to prayer. Then I understood their final destiny. Verse 21, when my heart was grieved, my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I'm always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel and afterward you will take me into glory. He got a readjustment in his focus in life. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Eternal perspective. Readjustment and focus. Let me give you another one. This is so practical. You know how many decisions you're going to have to make in life and I'm going to have to make in life? You cannot, you cannot turn to a scripture and get the direct answer. If there had been a scripture I could have turned to and said, said, Mary Wendy Robinson, I'd have never put that girl through three engagements. But I didn't have a scripture. I didn't have a scripture to tell me to come to Florida. I didn't have a scripture to tell me what house to buy, what car to buy, how many kids, 
we'd like to have. Of course, that's the decision only God makes. I won't turn to them all. I tried to last night and just got rushed and didn't have enough time, but 1 Samuel 23, 1 Samuel 30, 2 Samuel 2, 2 Samuel 5, repeatedly about David. You know what it says? In, in different situations in life, here's what it says. David inquired of the Lord. He inquired of the Lord where to live. Where do you want me to live? God says, Hebron. That's where I want you to live. Before he'd go to war and, and go against the Philistines or whoever else it was, he would inquire of the Lord. Should I go? Should I go or not? Made it a habit in his life. A lot of decisions you're going to have to make. Where to go to school? What college? What university? You know, all kind of decisions in life. And if you, if you really know the Lord, you want God's will. You don't want to just go, oh, this is the logical one. No. Pray and ask God to direct you. I'll tell you another thing. Prayer is so important because we're so easily deceived. So easily deceived. Satan is the liar He's the father of lies. And without prayer, you never see the lie. You never see it. Apart from prayer, you won't see the lie. Joshua chapter 9, verse 3, when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they resorted to a ruse. They went as a delegation whose donkeys were loaded with worn-out sacks, old wineskins, cracked and mended, They put worn and patched sandals on their feet and they wore old clothes. All the bread of their food supply was dry and moldy. Then they went to Joshua in the camp and they said to him and the Israelites, we've come from a distant country. Make a treaty with us. God had said to Joshua, look, anybody living in the land I'm giving you, the land of promise, they need to be judged. Don't make a treaty with them. They're going to be judged because of their years and years of sinfulness and their unwillingness to repent. But if there are people outside of the promised land and they want to make a treaty of peace with you, no problem. And the Gibeonites, they made it look like they had come from a distant country. It was a lie. Verse 14, the Israelites sampled their provisions but did not inquire of the Lord. And they made a treaty with them, and it became a snare to them for years to come. You can look at it on the outside and say, it looks just fine. Pray. Because we're prone to deception. Now, the second priority the Word of God. I can't tell you how thankful I am to be grafted into a movement that God is still using around the world and still blessing called the Calvary Chapel Movement. Not all the churches are called Calvary Chapel, but they all have the same foundation and the same basic philosophy in terms of ministry. God used one man, Pastor Chuck Smith. He's with the Lord now. And the foundation of the beginning of that movement, and still today, the foundation of that movement is the teaching of the Word of God. And not just some of the word, all of the word. I am so thankful I can stand before Jesus one day and I can say I didn't leave a word out. Gave it all to him. Jesus was not only an example to his disciples in prayer, he was a disciple or he was an example to his disciples in regard to the word. Mark chapter 10, one verse, verse one. 
Jesus then left that place and went into the region of Judea and across the Jordan. Again, crowds of people came to him and, catch this, as was his custom, he taught them. As was his custom, he taught them. What did he teach them? He taught them the word of God. You know, that's one of his names, the word of God. Matthew 7, it's recorded that when they heard him teach, they went away and the crowd was saying, Wow, he doesn't teach like the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. This guy teaches with authority because he's teaching the word of God, not just religion, not just religious tradition. He's teaching the word. Jesus prayed, Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. He said to Peter, John 21, in dealing with Peter's failure, do you love me, Peter? You know I love you, Lord. And what did Jesus say? If you love me, what? If you love me, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. He's talking about the word. Feed them the word. This book, I just love it. I just love this book. There's power. No other book has the power this book has. In Jeremiah 23, verse 29, God says, God says, is not my word like a hammer that breaks the rock? Is not my word like fire? I thought about both of those. I especially thought about the fire. Hammer breaks to pieces, it humbles, it also nails you. Fire purifies, fire consumes dross. Fire can soften, harden steel. Fire regenerates, that's why they burn fields. They produce a thing from uh, the aftermath of a fire called potash. Potash is potassium carbonate from wood ashes and it's used in agriculture to replenish soil. Hebrews 4, verse 13, God says, my word, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrates, judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You talk about power, provision. 2 Timothy, chapter 3, all scriptures God breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, doesn't end there, rebuke me, correcting. Here's where you're wrong. Here's how to get right. And training in righteousness. Psalm 119. You can be thankful I'm not going to read that one. It's the longest of the Psalms. So 176 verses. 176 verses. It's all about the word. Psalm 119 divided those 176 verses into 22 sections of eight verses each. Each section is headlined with one of the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Each verse in each one of those 22 sections begins with that letter of the Hebrew alphabet that heads up that particular stanza, if you will. Say, what's the point? The point is simply this. Psalm 119, what it's saying is the word gives the ABCs for life. Everything from A to Z that you need, you're going to find it right here. Praise the Lord. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You won't have life that's real life apart from the word of God. It gives guidance. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. That's daily guidance. That's long-term direction. 
It's absolutely essential for defense against our adversary, the devil. Ephesians. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The word in the Greek is for the Roman sword, the machera. The machera sword was a shorter sword, and it was used specifically for hand-to-hand combat, personal. Every time Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness, what did he say? It is written. It is written. It is written. The word of God gives great encouragement in times of suffering. Psalm 119.50, I consider, or my comfort in my suffering is this, your promise preserves my life. Romans 8.18, I consider that our present sufferings aren't even worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. You can't have faith apart from the word. Romans 10.17, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I hope you're really listening to the last couple of minutes that I have. When you take these two priorities... Prayer and the word, and you link them together as they are linked in Colossians 3, verses 15 and 16. I referred earlier to Colossians 3, 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Peace of God maintained through prayer, guidance, direction, blowing the whistle on you. You know what the next verse is? Verse 16. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Not one without the other. You get one without the other, here's what you get. And I can't believe how many people over the years have said these kind of things to me. They take a step. They make a decision that's out of the will of God. But here's what they say. But I prayed about it and I had peace. I had peace about entering to that romantic relationship with someone who doesn't know Jesus. Like someone who just told me last week, I have a Hindu girlfriend. She believes in Jesus, but she just believes he's one of the long line of wise men, prophets, whatever. But we pray together. What? He said, how can I reach her with the gospel? I said, well, the first thing you need to do is break off the romantic relationship you have with her. My suspicion is, I didn't have the time to ask at the time. My suspicion is probably not a pure relationship. I don't know that. I didn't say it's not, but I don't know. And if they're in the service this weekend, they probably won't be back after me now talking about it. But I said, what are you doing? I said, you need to let the word of God direct your life. The word of God. Because you can say, well, I, I have a peace. Yeah, but if you're violating the clear direction of the word, you're not in the will of God. Can't have one without the other. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And when you put the two together, here's what you got. You got the word of God and the peace of God, you find the will of God. And know what you find when you find the will of God and you walk in it? The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways. But the folly of fools is deception. Here's what you get when you get the word of God in your life and you look to live according to the word, and you develop a prayer life where you let the peace of Christ rule in your heart and be the umpire of your life, here's what you get. You get the blessing of God. We all want the blessing of God. Everybody wants the blessing of God, but you can't get the blessing of God and see the blessing of God maintained in your life unless you continue to let the word give you the boundaries 
and prayer maintain the peace of God in your life. You've been listening to another edition of The Living Word, a ministry of Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Thanks for joining us. Have you been enjoying this study in the book of Acts? If so, Pastor Danny has more to share from this series, and we hope that you'll tune in to hear about it. Acts is a powerful book full of incredible things that God did in the early church. Isn't it amazing how he uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things? With that in mind, open your heart up to the call that God has on your life. He's gifted you with incredible things that can impact his kingdom in mighty ways. If God can use Paul, he can use you too. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor Danny's messages from this series in the book of Acts, visit ccfstpete.church. Once you're there, click on the media tab and you'll be able to find an archive of past teachings. If you live in or near the St. Petersburg area, we would love to meet you. Visit us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship on Saturdays at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. You can find out more by going to our website, ccfstpete.church. If you're unable to join us in person, no worries. We offer a live stream of our weekend services. Just visit our website and click on the link in the menu. We're glad to know that you're a part of our listening audience, and we hope that you'll continue to desire and search out and study the living word.